Hello middle-aged gamers, today we will have a debate between Adam and Antoine on what is a reboot and is it necessary for a franchise to get rebooted. You can participate on this debate by commenting on the YouTube-related video at Middle-Aged Gaming. Enjoy the show! Hello and welcome back to Middle-Aged Gaming. Today we will be covering reboots. Are they mulligans or more than just that? But I'll let Antoine go ahead and kind of fill you in on what exactly is a reboot, because different people have different definitions. So what is a reboot to you, Antoine? Exactly. So let's start with the easy, easy piece, which we will call maybe the soft reboot. And we talked a bit before the show. So that will be, for example, Resident Evil 7, or what did we talk about? The same one as well? Uh, Mass Effect Andromeda? Uh, no, Assassin's Creed, originally, oh, yeah. I think okay. it was. So basically, they are not really reboot because they are coming f like Resident Evil 7. So really, they are seven opus of a very long line of games. So really, they didn't stop the series to remake a brand new one and uh, completely recreate the universe. So that's really a soft reboot. But it's a reboot in the sense that it is completely or really massively different from the kind of action puzzle games that you had before in uh, in the six and uh, and this kind of games i didn't play the Assassin's creed but i understand it's very much the same they, they kind of changed the formula with uh, the previous one which was syndicate and also it happens most of the time because of two things first is that the the fan base is getting tired of having exactly the same game copy and paste, copy and paste. And it happens a lot, especially with the Assassin's Creed. Basically, the only thing you change basically was the, the region and maybe a bit of the gameplay, but they were really copy pasted of, you know, the same after some point. So they need to renew themselves so that they can uh, entertain again, you know, like reignite the interest of the old fan base and attract new player because you don't really want to go into a series which, you know, like you have the kind of the same game for like five or six games, and you know that you will miss some Easter eggs or some reference to old games, and you don't really want to get into a series which is that old. So having a soft reboot like this, well, you can go back in, and uh, in that uh, in that sense, I'm thinking of the next Borderland, Tiny Tiny Tina. Tiny Tina's. Wonderland Attack on Dragon Keep. No, that was the that was a DLC. I remember. Mm. But yeah, like basically, uh, Borderlands. We had three of them, in plus the in betweens one. So that you sequel. Yeah, three. Uh, like so what? Four, five games of Borderlands, which were all great. Uh, I really recommend. It's really, really good. Gearbox is doing a great job. But again, uh, after the Borderlands three that I did recently, which was really good you're up to there with the universe you're like okay you've done everything you could with this universe it was fantastic maybe stop that's that's really the end of it and where when i heard there's a new battle i was like ah isn't the one you know like are they going with the one too many like too much and when i saw it you know gearbox saying no I, you know what it's a kind of a, a borderland light you know it's a it is a borderland, but at the same time, it's completely renewed. And it's really made for 
a fan base which doesn't know Borderlands. So to bring really a lot of new players in, and again to have players like me who are really like the series, but I wouldn't go for a four because I'm like, ah, it's gonna be the same, it's gonna be boring. I see this kind of uh, fantasy setting on Borderlands. Like, ah, that that I will get. That I will definitely get because it looks absolutely fun and Borderlands are fun and I trust Gearbox. Here, you you got me. Take my money. Good. Very good marketing there. <laughs> so this is a kind of, of soft reboot I'm thinking about. Tell me, so I had these three here. Assassin's Creed, it, I didn't play, so I only played Black Flag for uh, you know Assassin's Creed. So I can't really tell here what's the change. Resident Evil, yeah, I played a lot of it. So the 7 was really much more based on a creepy or a really... More than a reboot, really going back to the source of uh, this uh, Resident Evil 1, you know, in the mansion and all. So, very, very good reboot, but even better, the Borderlands, which I did not play yet, the Tiny uh, Tiny Tina, which is released when next year? Yeah, I don't think it's out yet. No, no, it's not out yet. Yeah, uh... look it up. Hang on. Ah, it's all right. Okay. Uh, I I think they planned it for next year, but, you know, it's still a few months away, and, uh, and definitely there will be you know, like some delay as usual, especially in these COVID times. But again, for me, that's, defi- that's the definition of the soft reboot. So I don't know if you have any more examples or, or an opinion on these ones. Uh, yeah, it, it, I've always thought that reboot's kind of a, it, it, it's not easy to define because if you define it as, because c- again, we have soft reboots and, and hard reboots, but if you define it as just like, you know, we're, we're it's the same series but we're changing the story up final fantasy sequels or reboots well i think most people would just argue that final fantasies are pure sequels they're not reboots at all whereas something like say tomb raider the new ones are a reboot of the series because they're resetting the story right exactly but then at the same time like something like Mass Effect Andromeda. Some people will say it's a sequel because it takes place in the same universe and it doesn't because in any way is. impact the other ones. But other people will call it a soft reboot because it changes up some of the gameplay elements. It, it has an entirely new crew. It's, it's set in an entirely new galaxy. It's a side story, but the gameplay is the same. And that's why I'm saying... because in the, uh, in the Yeah, it's very similar. <laughs> and, uh, you know, in the lore, uh, the crew of... Uh, of the Andromeda series left just before the uh, the, the threat. The Reaper invasion. Uh, the Reaper, Reaper, yeah. For in yeah. English, in French, it's uh, Les Moissonneurs. Yeah. What's it in English? In English. Reapers. <laughs> so they left just before the events of uh, Mass Effect, the original original trilogy. So for me, it's really more like a filler episode, if you will, or, or a sideshow. It's not a reboot because it happens at the same time and the gameplay is just too similar to call it different. But the yeah, Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider is completely a hard reboot because you had Tomb Raider 1, which was absolutely great, really fun. 2, uh, it was fun, of course, but already you start seeing the limitation. You're not really in Tomb anymore. You're in Venice. Venice is not really a tomb. So Part of it. Uh, so, so, I think the first yeah. level's in a tomb and, and the last one's definitely in a tomb. Uh, yeah, exactly. Then three, four, five, getting terrible. They try to do a reboot with Angel of Darkness, which is a bomb, uh, terribly bombs, catastrophic. <laughs> and here you go. You have a franchise which died because they pull on a rope 
too much. The fan base has been completely like uh, watching the plane crashing. They looked at it like, oh, mon dieu. <laughs> do, do we bury them? Nah, just, just leave them here. It's They're already cremated. anymore, exactly. <laughs> so when you have the 2013, I think, series. I think it was 2013 was the first one, 2013. yeah. 2013. <laughs> this is completely reboot because the story is different, completely different. Basically, the only thing you have left is Lara Croft, <laughs> so the, the lady with guns. Mm. And apart from that, the story is different. The gameplay is entirely different because you have some survival technique now. So a survival theme, I don't know, or gameplay. You have a big world with a lot of stuff to pick up inside a bit, uh, uh, like Uncharted. A lot of people are saying that, you know, uh, uh, Tomb Raider inspired Uncharted, then Uncharted become fantastic while Tomb Raider disappeared and then Tomb Raider. So Uncharted is great. Let's do the same. Happens all the time. Yeah, we don't know where Phil is. So Korean's he up in the comments. To wake up. Yeah, we don't know. He's not here today. So it's just the two of us. So we're going to try to survive as best we can. But yeah, because uh, like Mass Effect Andromeda definitely added more of verticality to it. You added, you added the ability to kind of jump around. You had um, a lot of, there were some weapon changes and things like that. And it's kind of like the Assassin's Creed thing, where the Assassin's Creed thing, Origins takes place in the same universe. It doesn't affect the story of the previous ones in any way. The only real difference is in Origins, it takes place before the Assassins basically became a thing. So you're kind of playing as not necessarily the first assassin, but kind of the guy who inspires the group. And you still have all your stealth and all that, but it's a little more action oriented. And it's more about like getting, you know, you you can equip new weapons and and new fighting styles, which kind of was happening in uh, Black Flag. It had a little bit more with, you know, you could get your pistols and you could get your swords and upgrade. And there was a little more combat, but it wasn't very combat oriented, whereas Origins really was. So yeah, a lot of people would consider that a reboot just because it does fundamentally change it, but it doesn't really change the story in any significant way. It doesn't deviate from the main narrative, whereas something like Andromeda does the opposite. The gameplay is predominantly the same. You're still a third-person shooter. You still you're still squad-based. You're still, you know, you have your cover base and all that. But the that's why some people might, I think, might say it's a soft reboot because, in a way, they're like saying, "Okay, none of what happened is undone. That's still there, but we're we're not going to touch that. This is entire. This is an entirely new because the intention was that Andromeda was supposed to be become the new trilogy, effectively, and that was supposed to be kind of the way that they were going to be moving. You know, there was supposed to be a sequel to it, and that's probably never coming at this point. But uh, so in that one, I'm kind of on the fence where I'm kind of like, yeah, it's a sequel, but in the same time, in the same way, it's a it's a reboot. But in the same way, it's also kind of a, a spinoff. So we have all these terms, you know, reboot, soft reboot, hard reboot, spinoff, sequel. And I think the lines get blurred sometimes where it's not quite sure. And it's not soft quite clear. Soft reboot and spinoff could be a bit. I was just quickly checking because uh, we're talking about Mass Effect and uh, I kind of recalled there was a Mass Effect 4 trailer not too long ago. Yep. Yep, but that one's supposed to continue supposedly from After the Shepherd the line. Yeah. Yeah, because I think I saw the, oh, the blue lady, I forgot her name. Uh, <laughs> Liara. Liara. Yeah. Liara on the Massive Reaper. That trailer, you know, like, bring me shivers. Like, yay. 
Yeah. I think it's, it's because uh, the, Andro- the Andromeda line wasn't received very well. So maybe no. they to go back on the fourth. Which I think was unfair. I thought it was a great game. Exactly. Andromeda was right. What really brought it down was uh, all the, you know, day one bugs, problems, you know. Pro- even facial. before day one, just the pre-release stuff where like some of the early people were showing like, oh, look, we run up this down the stairs in a weird way or uh, this facial and animation is stiff. Yeah. And it's kind of like that gets patched out almost immediately. There's not enough, uh, maybe aliens, maybe. But if you played number one, do you remember the vehicle? You know, the Mako? Yeah, yeah, the, the, uh, ah, it was called the Mako. uh, Well, no, the Mako was the the first one. What was it called in, was it called the Orca in Andromeda? Wasn't it the Tempest or? or No, the Tempest was your ship. There's a ship, yeah. No, uh, after the Normandy was the Tempest. I think it was, yeah, I think it was like another seafaring animal, if I remember correctly. Uh, Maybe. Something like this. In any case, it was they really improved because how many yeah. times did I soft lock myself on the uh, the bloody Mako? <laughs> yeah, it was horrible. So, yeah. No, it was it was actually fun and uh, really well made. So, no, Andromeda is is really harshly reviewed. I, I really I want so to have too. the sequel on the on Andromeda. But I if they do that. a Mass Effect Four, the problem of Mass Effect Four is that uh, which ending of three is canon. I think they're going to go with synthesis. Synthesis uh, wasn't too weird. It was the least bad. <laughs> that was the green one. <laughs> the green ending, the red ending, and the blue ending. I think they're going with the green ending. Yeah, did Shepard survive on this one? Uh, no, Shepard only survived in the red one. The one where you destroy all Reapers. You see the chest <gasps> at the very end. Yeah. Oh, okay. That was that one. And then, the one. Yeah. Yeah. And then the <laughs> green one. I don't remember what happened to Shepard in the green one. The blue one, basically, he or she gets digitalized and takes over yes. the Reapers. It isn't? Yeah. There's the, the one where she uh, merged with them, right? That's the blue one. Yeah. 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 The green one is where they merge all organic and uh, synthetic life. It wasn't that bad. This one, I liked it with uh, the AI of the ship, you know, taking physical form. I'm like, hey, cool. Yeah, I liked it just because I felt Joker's boyfriend, uh, girlfriend. <laughs> For me, I was it, it was a, a a matter of I would have just been like, okay, destroy the Reapers, except that we went through this whole thing with the Geth, and I was like, if the Geth were willing to sacrifice themselves, I would say okay, but I, I feel like that's not my call to basically genocide an entire species for the good of everybody when that species has not been you know they're not aggressive they're non-aggressive they were just misunderstood and they were confused and we were confused you took them out the guess right the geth right exactly and i was like i, oh, yeah, I don't yeah, i don't feel yeah. like it would be i don't feel like it'd be my i don't feel like it should be my call to just be like okay geth sorry you your entire race is destroyed no i i didn't go this route I, yeah i didn't go that route either that's why i went with synthesis Originally, I did go that route unknowingly, and I was like, uh, see a legion and everything. Okay, we sacrifice her. No, 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 no. Reset, 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 reset. <laughs> I went back. See, with, with Eddie, I was kind of like, okay, it's one person. It's my crewmate. I'm sure she would understand. If it was just Eddie, I would have been like, okay, fine. You know, do what's good for the, the universe. But because there was the entire Geth, and I was like, ah, oh, that's just, that's too big of a group. You know, that's like, that's like saying, hey, let's uh, nuke an entire country for the good of Earth. And it's kind of like, 
oh, there's a lot yeah. of people in that country that probably don't deserve it. If it's one person, okay, I could kind of justify it. But if it's like an entire country worth of people, no, you know. So, yeah, but that was a yeah. really big part of the storyline. Very likely the one I preferred to guess and the, the, the spacefarer, which I can't remember the name again. The collectors? No, no, no. The, the guys who created the guess and oh, the aquarians. On planet. Aquarians, yeah. Yeah, they were supposed they to have a really DLC. Fun. I like them. Yeah, they were supposed yeah, to have a see. DLC in, uh, in Andromeda and they never got it. Got relegated yeah, to right. book. Okay. Because I was like, DLC? No, I would have I would have gotten it. Absolutely. No, why? <laughs> What's he talking about? I don't know. But yeah, so I, I think as far as reboots go, I think we've established that it's kind of vague. So <laughs> it's not a clearly oh. defined. There are definite ones that I think everybody agrees on. Tomb Raider, definitely uh, a reboot. Yeah, I, I think it's really... So for a hard reboot, you need to have a, fin- a financial breakdown of the game. Like, it's really bomb, Tomb Raider... I don't know if the Resident Evil really had money issue, but you see the sale, you know, decreasing. You see the interest of the fan made decreasing. Then you need a reboot because otherwise your your fan base gonna gonna drop and Uncharted uh, Uncharted is going down quite a lot after the after what number four was it? There's nothing released because you know they they arrive at the end of the line and they need to think yeah. of a new concept. So I wouldn't be uh, surprised if. Exactly. So with a reboot, a hard, no, maybe not a hard reboot, but a sequel with the kids or something like this. So a soft reboot. I, I see that coming. So, you know, you can identify some uh, some things like this, which make you think, ah, this is more a reboot of a sequel than the, than the sequel. Okay. So how? Uh, so that that brings up an interesting question. So how would you really like, in your opinion, what would be your checklist for this? Is what defines, say, a hard reboot. This is what defines a soft reboot. So you said like a financial, there needs to be a financial failure to warrant a, a, a hard reboot. Yeah, exactly. A financial failure or a massive disinterest of the fan base. The people are leaving the game. Uh, World of Warcraft. People are leaving the game. Even if it still, uh, still makes money, you need to do something else because it's dying. What else? A massive change in gameplay. Tomb Raider. You need to have a massive change of gameplay. That's that's a reboot because your old game, your old gameplay is getting old and repetitive. Assassin's Creed. You need to change it to renew the interest. That's a two massive pillar I can think of. What else? For maybe me, if, uh, okay. yeah, I was just thinking maybe uh, on, in um, more like creances, uh, major ch- uh, major changes in the game universe of franchise. And soft reboot, remaster, minor changes in game mechanics, like Diablo 2. All right. But then you get into what's the difference between a reboot and a remake. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I was also thinking maybe of some, uh, you know, like uh, macroeconomic, like your your studio got got purchased. The franchise was purchased by another studio. And they want to, I was thinking of Star Wars, you know, they want to make the game right away to... Make money. Make money on, yeah, make the money back on the purchase. I can't say if you call, can call this a reboot, you know, between Battlefront 2 and uh, Jedi Fallen Order. It's very different games. Yeah, I don't know if I'd consider that, I wouldn't consider that a reboot because I would say those are two completely different things. Exactly. I think that would be like Final Fantasy, 
the main series in Final Fantasy Tactics. It's or Final Fantasy fourteen the but MMO. Yet, it's still the same same series, just that they have been bought. Yeah, out, I'd say that's more so. of a spinoff, or yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't call those reboots. For me, a, a hard reboot would be one of the biggest qualifications would be you have to reset the story. Basically, you have to throw out the old story and you have to be like, we're starting over. For me, that would be a hard reboot. Or you have to, or and, you have to change the style of it. So for example, Prince of Persia has been rebooted twice. You had the original Prince of Persia, which was like that 2D kind of pitfall kind of style gameplay. And then you had Sands of Time, which went to 3D, completely changed the style. And then they went to that weird cell-shaded Prince of Persia a bit later, which the gameplay was very similar to Prince of per- uh, to Sands of Time, but the style was, you know, it's cell-shaded. You have a different prince. It's, uh, you know, some gameplay mechanics have changed. And I would consider that a hard reboot because it basically was an entirely new story. They just reset it. So for me, if you just, you know, turn off the game, turn it back on and, and start over again, for me, that's a hard reboot. For me, a soft reboot would be more of, say, like a game that hasn't been around for a long... It's basically, for me, a, a soft reboot is a, a sequel, but a sequel that is pretty much long overdue, a sequel to a game that hasn't really existed in a really long time. So, for instance, if I mention Doom? I would consider Doom a hard reboot because they reset the story. And because it wasn't... It hasn't been out since what like 20 years yeah exactly First doom was a- right so if they had continued the story of the original doom and then just made a new one that i would consider maybe a soft reboot because it's like okay we're continuing the story but it's been like 20 years right so basically the franchise died and we're resurrecting it if you have something like say so a, to me a, a soft reboot is is kind of vaguely overlapping with a sequel it's just a matter of the time you know mm-hmm. uh it's basically like yeah, it's basically like, has this was there always the intention to continue with this, or did we stop and then we said, hey, you know what? Actually, let's let's go back and and, and add more. Uh, in the movie terms, it would be like the two new Ghostbusters, uh, the one that already came out with the all female cast. That would be a hard reboot. You're resetting the story. You're starting over. The original Ghostbusters don't exist, mm-hmm. but the new one that's coming out, I think next year, Afterlife. Yeah, Afterlife. I would consider that a soft reboot because it's taking place in the same universe as the original. But it's an entirely new cast. It's taking place many, many, many years later. It's basically reviving the franchise. So for me, a soft reboot is kind of a revival, whereas a hard reboot is basically just like, a, I guess you would call it a reincarnation. <laughs> would be So resurrection yeah, versus reincarnation, I guess, is my definition of it. <laughs> yeah, your, your, your character in the uh, tabletop game just died and you have to create a new one yep that would be a hard reboot yeah unless of course it's in the same universe then i would consider it a soft reboot because yeah it's we're continuing the sto- same story yeah, exactly um, the same story yeah so in that case, yeah different characters so it, so i would consider that maybe like a soft reboot kind of thing but yeah i think i think stylistic gameplay stylistic changes for instance resident evil traditionally being a third person shooter going to first person not even really a shooter i mean there's shooting mechanics but that's not the the main point of it right it's it's more of like not even really puzzle solving anymore. It's more like a mystery game in a way, right? You're trying to figure out what's going on, trying to avoid monsters. Yeah. I feel like there's fewer mm. zombies than there were in the original one. I don't know. Maybe I was wrong. I haven't played it in forever. So, <laughs> uh, which one? The Resident Evil Seven. Uh, seven. Oh. Seven. Well, there there is only the family, the bakers. 
Yeah. So that's what uh, grandma, daddy, uh, the daughter, right? Uh, in the sun, uh, crazy. So, well, yeah, maybe three or four completely unkillable zombie who gonna piss you off the whole time. Yeah. Well, in the first one, well, in the first one, you have a lot of zombies. In uh, in the seventh, apart from the main cast, there's not. No, there is actually. <laughs> I haven't played them in. A, but the, yeah, there's not a lot of, you know, just uh, just mobs. Yeah, it's not like the zombies wandering around or anything like that. You have, yeah, mostly just the family. And there aren't too many, you're not running around with like a shotgun blasting heads in like most of the time, right? Only at the end, because uh, if you play the Resident Evil as you usually do it, which means very conservative and keep every bullet and everything, uh, when you arrive in the mine, uh, you feel like Rumble. You know, you have so many weapons and ammunition and all, you're like, just come at me. <laughs> <laughs> whether uh, compared to the whole party in the house above ground you're always thinking now i need to keep my herbs i need to keep every single uh, bullet for the boss because the boss are really annoying very unkillable you know they always revive you have to kill them seven times before mm-hmm. they just fall into a coma just to come back later yeah yeah and then also the was it because seven was built with uh, I think it was compatible with PlayStation VR. So I think I felt like the the first person perspective was by design supposed to kind of bring it into more of a a visceral experience, you know, more about the, so I felt like it was designed with kind of that virtual reality in mind, you know, so we're, we're, we're going less for the, you know, here's a random jewel in the shape of a Ruby. And then you see a statue and you put the, you know, the the Ruby in the eye and, and the wall opens up. Uh, you know, it's not so much about that as much as it's about like experiencing kind of the the ominous atmosphere and the pressure of, you know, like I'm in the middle of all this. So, actually, yeah. you're talking about uh, Resident Evil. I think this is a very good series to make the difference between the soft reboot and the remake because okay. they just did two and three as a remake. They did, yeah. And uh, so you really see the difference between two and three and seven, which is really a, a very soft reboot. Yeah, because two and three uh, play much more like the originals, and I think are, yeah. are quite a bit more action oriented and whatnot. They they just you know, changes a few things and it's much faster. But is it very funny? Uh, they are very funny. Even some people criticize that it's just too fast because they are very fast. Uh, it's ten fifteen hours to finish a, re- a remake. That's a lot of money for just ten fifteen hours, but. <laughs> It's Resident Evil. It's you know based on great games. That you're yeah. still okay with this. You can't do this with every franchise. That wouldn't work. No, but it seems like a lot of franchises are are doing that now with the remasters and the remakes. A Fatal Frame is getting a new one. They're remaking one of the new ones, which is a lot of like Dreadout, which is what I was what I will be playing again on Monday. But that's neither here nor there. So yeah, so Resident Evil Seven, uh, I think, is probably a really good example of a of a reboot, where you had a franchise that had kind of stagnated. You, the hardcore fans were always there, but the lore was getting really convoluted. And you know, it started off and it was pretty simple. It's, it's, there's a virus. There's two viruses. What was it? The T virus and the G virus. Was that the T- other one? T and G, yeah. I think and, G uh, was the, the zombie one, and T was the tyrant one, right? It was V after 
Veronica. Uh, yeah, Veronica. Yeah. And then and then they added in the the slug things and uh was that in oh, Resident Evil yeah. Zero and then they add the the, yeah. the La Plaga and you know now they're yeah, yeah, the par parasites. Yeah, they added parasites and now they've added in uh was it molds and <laughs> more yeah, mold and uh, mold and parasites as well, the cadou. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's just kind of like, it's just getting really convoluted and it's kind of like, what, you know, how are these things, if, if In, these things are everywhere, why is it that nobody's noticed them until now? Did you play a uh, number eight? No, I haven't played eight. Oh, uh, imagine a, a zombie, but some guys had fun with it and you have a, a mix between a zombie and a droid from Star Wars. Oh, okay. So that's kind of like a, oh, a Doom type thing. Fun. <laughs> a, mecha a, a, mini a mechanical zombie. At some point, they even look like Gundam. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you mean for mods? Zombies, right? no, sorry? As a mod or in the game? In the, no, no, in the game. Oh. In the game, uh, <laughs> um, one of the boss has a, a metal ability and he, he kind of tinkers with his zombies and so puts them in a more mm, like zombie, but mechanical zombies. And seriously, they have jetpacks and <laughs> <laughs> extremely fun and completely stupid but Capcom <laughs> Capcom is extremely good to make very stupid stuff but that's really really fun that sounds like I, I, I wanted to play 8 but just I'm um, so much stuff to play so not enough time agreed I still haven't played Tales of, Tales of Arise and I still haven't finished Sc Scarlet Nexus I've been there months on it so you have any good examples of re oh, was it reboots that you think just didn't work out at all? Because, I mean, obviously, sure. if, a, if a reboot is a financial, in your definition, you would need a financial failure to, to warrant a reboot. Um, but sometimes you take a good franchise and they just ruin yeah. it. Yep. I have one, but it's hard to decide if it's a reboot. Duke Nukem forever okay was it forever i think a lot of when, people uh, saw that as kind of like a soft reboot kind of thing where it, yeah it was like we haven't had one in a long time and... you it's it's the same as a star citizen it's something which was started in 90 what seven or 98 and took 14 years to of development so at some point it's not even a sequel it's uh it is a sequel of the previous uh, duke Nukem 3d but does been so long and the, the development was so horrible when it was released yeah it's i don't know it's between sequel and reboot i don't know but that was bad extremely bad just so bad and uh, not just because it's a, sequ a sequel or reboots just because development was so chaotic that yeah it just didn't work when uh, i think you know when they finally released it they were like you know what just Put it out there. I, I, I want to be finished with it. Mm. Yeah, I have some examples here. I mean, I don't know if I completely agree with them, but uh, looking at different lists, they would often list out, you know, what are what are some reboots that worked out really, really well? What are some reboots that did not work out? And one of the ones that they didn't, which I thought was kind of interesting, was Alone in the Dark, which is a callback to our video games to movies, because this Alone in the Dark seemed to follow more the movie style than it did Ooh. the original game style. Was <laughs> that a bad idea? Yeah. So uh, if you look at like the just kind of the lighting and everything, if you look at the original, I don't have a video of it, but the original one is it's very brightly it's lit. And it's kind of goofy looking. 
Um, yeah, it is very goofy, but yeah. it's, it was it was working because you only had your torch or your phone to to light up and the, yeah. So there were parts where like the whole screen is black for a circle. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and this one looks more like a cross between Silent Hill and Max Payne. I don't even really know what you would call it. A but, failure. Well, okay, yeah. So this one was pretty much you. Yeah, it wasn't very well liked. Um, it wasn't the worst though. The one that people seem to think it was the worst was Bionic Commando for the PS3, which, if you remember, the original Bionic Commando was basically just kind of a Contra kind of thing, right? You're just kind of you know, side-scrolling. I think you could play two players. It was an arcade cabinet, if I remember correctly. And, you know, it wasn't anything special in that it was very similar to a lot of other games, you know, Metal Slug and that sort of thing. Well, somebody on the PS3 was, th- or, you know, was thinking, hey, this game has not been around forever. Let's create uh, a, a new Bionic Commando game. So they created it, and from, I've never played it, so I'm not quite sure. But from what I've read, it's you've got this. Uh, I think they'll show it in the video in a, in a second. This guy's got this huge bionic arm, and I mean, it's just massive. It's like twice the size of his regular arm. Make it men. Something like that. But then it's. I, I don't know if it contains the brain or parts of his dead wife i don't know somehow his mechanical arm is his wife somehow i'm not quite sure yeah like she was integrated into it or something like that and so he's yeah i'm I'm not quite sure what the logic is there uh (laughs) but the gameplay from what i've heard was not that great you know it's just basically kind of it's the kind of thing that when you see like an alpha of something and it's just kind of like it's very linear and it's just like run run punch punch kill kill you know and it's not very deep at all you know it looks really impressive here with all the was it web slinging i guess you call it <laughs> yeah but uh but yeah from what i heard the, the gameplay i mean if, if you look on the ground there don't seem to be too many enemies down there they just pulled something down on them but yeah from what i've heard it was pretty universally panned as a as an awful awful game so I haven't played Actually, it. I, I don't saw know, but... in the list, I think I saw Bomberman as well. Bomberman, even... yeah. But... Yeah, that, that's actually the thing of the soft reboot, which of, all, of the reboots which didn't work because you just didn't even hear about them. Yeah, I had never Bomberman, heard of them. Yeah, there was a reboot, and I, I saw the images. And I, oh, yeah, okay, no, that's why I never heard about it. It looks really <laughs> bad. <laughs> Well, or like oh, I, so, Sonic, Sonic as well. Yeah, but Sonic's been. I, I feel like Sonic's kind of a funky one because Sonic, it's it's like it's been rebooted, but does Sonic ever really have like a continuous story? I mean, the original three. Well, did, there was the, but... uh, uh, yeah, original three. No, there was a Sonic. Uh, I uh, I ate the name. It's Sonic there Adventure. A, yeah, exactly. There was a Sonic Adventures one and two, I think. Yeah. Which were, which were fun, but no, this one is. Uh, I don't know what they tried to do with uh, the human princess and yeah, it was a weird Sonic. choice. But I feel like Sonic and Mario. I, I feel like it's with something like Sonic and Mario. You almost can't have a reboot just because it's no, but, so vague as to what they yeah. are. You know, they they can kind of fill anything. Yeah, but you can compare Sonic and Mario very well because Sonic tried. They are a very old franchise, and they try to reinvent themselves with all the new technologies. For instance, when they tried to move from 2Ds to oh, 3D, yeah. Mario did it extremely well on the 64, and then again with Mario Sunshine, which was really good, and Odyssey, and all. And each time there's a Mario, there's always a new dynamic and a new 
it's always quite traditional gameplay huh? in, in the end, just some new oh, fresh man. ideas which make the game fun. Uh, always the same enemy. In Sonic, they try to, first of all, the cast, the, how, how many little critters there is in Sonic. <laughs> you, you just Mario's need got tails, a big cast maybe too, knuckles. Yes, but not that much. You always, you always have you know Bowser as a bad guy. That's it. You always have Peach as a princess. Uh, sometimes Daisy, but I don't, or Rosalina, but that's maybe in one game or so, something. Mm. It's just, just to say it's not Peach. Maybe it's it's, it's not Peach. You have Peach and not Peach. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you have Peach and oh, you're tired of Peach. It's all right. Uh, who do we have in the closet? Here, take a Rosalina. She's nice. She has a star. Perfect. <laughs> but it's not Peach. Yeah, I don't really know why they switched it up all so often either. That was weird to me. Yeah, no, no. Uh, the Mario, I think it's really a question of gameplay and story as well. You know, the stories are always uh, really well made in this little cartoonesque universe. And I really like how they were able to do the uh, Mario with uh, rabid ra- um, rabbits. Oh, yeah. I think that the uh, Korean, Korean played. They always find a way to make it entertaining. And I don't think I've seen a Mario which was very boring. Problem of Sonic is that more than Mario in the 2D game, everything was based on speed and uh, level design. And moving this to 3D was really, really hard. And Sonic Adventure kind of, you know, succeeded somewhere a bit. But you can't have the same impression of speed as you have on the 2D. I think they should have just keep a 2D screen on this. I don't know what you're saying, but just going to 3D was a mistake. Yeah, I agree. And and definitely if you look at some of the most successful Sonics since have been like Sonic Mania, which was basically just going back to the roots and being like, hey, let's go back to 2D gameplay and whatnot. So I definitely think that now you could, I think you could do it as kind of like, like a Mario Kart racer kind of thing. You could do something like that. But yeah, moving from 2D to 3D, adding that other dimension to it, it's just... Either your levels have to be extremely linear or you're slamming into walls every three seconds because you just can't uh, turn I, on a dime. Actually, on Sonic, which is really funny, is that I think I mentioned it in previous podcasts, but you have Sonic GT and Sonic something else, which are fan made, fan made, sorry, games. And they are excellent and they are 3D. And it's all question of the level design is really well made, so you can go extremely fast wherever you want. In the end, you'll arrive where you need to be, and you have loopings. You have you go so fast that you can run on, on water. You are not slowed on my or your enemies. You don't need to stop for anything. Just go fast, have fun. Take. Do you, uh, do you remember maybe uh, Mirror's Hedge? Yeah, no, I have the original. I think I have both actually. I, I haven't played the so, sequel, but. You have point A, point B, dozen of different parkour. Run, that's it. And that's ex- exactly, and that was very fun. And that's all Sonic needs to be with a bit of, uh, you know, like, what do you call it in English? Like Robotnik or Eggman? Uh, it, I think it depends on your generation. I call him Robotnik because that was his name back on the uh, Genesis in North America. Yeah, me too, Robotnik, yeah. Yeah, but then now it's Eggman, but then people say like, oh, no, no, there's actually two of them. Robotnik is the grandfather of Eggman. I don't know what it is. <laughs> so Jim Carrey. <laughs> yeah, Jim, so Carrey. Jim Carrey. <laughs> Such uh, an odd choice. And, and also a very good one. I didn't believe in it at all. And uh, in a movie, when you see 
there's a post-credit scene when he's mm-hmm. in the other world with his moustache like this and completely insane. And I was like, I buy that. The whole movie, I was like, I'm not so sure about this Robotnik or this Eggman. And at the, in the post-credit, I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I, I really, I do, I do, I buy it. Okay, you just so need to get a bit fa- you just need to get a bit fa- yeah it's really a prequel to the character an origin you know, like story really- to the villain <laughs> exactly that's the origin story of how he became you just need to get a bit uh, a bit fatter and uh, no no that's an excellent uh, bad guy no one of the good things which has been i think he carried um, the whole movie on his shoulder really Jinker. wow yeah, I haven't seen that one, but yeah, I remember early on people were like, "Ew, no!" And then, I, but I heard a lot of people said, "Like, actually, no, wait, I was wrong. He did a pretty good job." Sonic was disgusting at first, and they have to remodel it, and uh, yeah. it looks, very, yeah, it looks very good. So they rebooted the, uh, the graphics yeah. on the movie. You know, with the oh no, I, I remember the first one out there. Ooh, no, you can't do that. My God, have, have you played Sonic at all? <laughs> that, that's, uh, that's just uh, it was a weird really choice real for green, sure. uh, blue little alien. So, so what about something like another game that was uh, on the list that I kind of agree with, but I'm not quite sure I 100% agree with, was uh, Fallout. Fallout 3 and then New Vegas, where they went from the original 2D isometric you know, from one and two, and then there was a long, 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 long gap. And then they came out with three and they kind of updated it for modern graphics, but it didn't undo the original. So would you consider this more of a sequel or a reboot? Uh, are we talking about three? Three, because, yeah. Uh, I, I didn't play three. I played two, which uh, I really, really loved. And uh, three, I heard a lot of critics. I played four which I feel like they removed mechanics more than added a new spin to the series. Mm. So it's Fallout, the, the, the more you go, the less you have, basically. And uh, Fallout 76 was the Everest of it. That's a, the culmination of uh, how bad you can go and the Bethesda to, was it last year or two years ago, something like that, uh, the E3, Bethesda did nothing else but say sorry. Oh, really sorry for what we did. Very sorry. Yeah, <laughs> we have, we are here and we have one hour to talk to you. And the only thing we can do is a Elder Scroll or anything. No, no, we're just sorry for for seventy six. <laughs> now seventy six is <laughs> kind of popular though. Yeah, they had well they couldn't start. They started from, from very very far. Hmm. Apparently, I don't know if it's popular because they completely fixed it because for me it's something which is very attractive you know post-apocalyptic game for me it's like it rings all the bells mm, i really like this but again it was extremely bad so is it popular because they really invested in the game and now it's playable and it's fun or because it was so bad it's just you know like uh, the game you have to do just to have a laugh Ah, look, it's so crap, like a cyberpunk in the first days of the PlayStation. Hey, look at this. He's, the gun is in his head. All yeah, right. I've heard it's <laughs> kind of like the cyberpunk thing where it started off really bad, but then it, it uh, they cleaned it up and, and it actually had some good concepts behind it, but those just were not expressed uh, or like a not quite to the same extent, but kind of a No Man's Sky kind of thing too, where it's like, there's a good idea here. We botched it up, but over time we're able to patch out and you know, some of the things and yes but that's the, that's the issue there please 
take your time. We, 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 it's okay for us to wait for Star Citizen for 10 years if uh, in the next, in 10 years, we have a game which is a revolution, which is fantastic, and you are absolutely immersed in it because it's so great, rather than having, oh my God, uh, we have uh, charts and we need to release it by this date because we have uh, numbers to make, and, all, and that's going to, crash and it's gonna hurt the franchise it's gonna hurt your sales it's gonna hurt everyone so why would why would you do that is it the publisher who's pushing you to pushing the developing team saying uh, you only have three months no man come on in three months uh, we barely have an alpha maybe a beta if we're lucky we're releasing a three months <laughs> where's the where's the door and um, I'm in Montreal, and um, there was a lot of talk. I have Ubisoft here, uh, Ubisoft, Eidos. Uh, many studios are based in Montreal. And Ubisoft uh, was in the papers quite a lot for being extremely toxic environment to work in. Uh, guys are doing insane hours. There's a pressure, absolutely crazy. If they release a game which is not finished, of course, the backlash go straight to the developing team. Why did you do a crappy game? Because you told me to release it now when you need six, maybe one more year of development. Don't look at me. <laughs> you told me to release it. So I, I really don't agree with the, eh, release it whenever it's kind of ready and we'll patch it up later. They did this for, for Witcher. I did, even if Witcher 3 is now extremely good, for two years it was crappy why when you think witcher the first thing you think is a Geralt looking at a house with a horse on top so, uh, day one yeah day one okay get down <laughs> yeah witcher still has issues uh my biggest problem was you, you you acquire a lot of gear throughout the game you know you kill guys you pick stuff up and i'm the kind of guy who always hoards stuff and then sells tons of it and has tons of money right so i would always gather this gear, go to the main city and sell stuff. But the thing is, is the vendor's inventory never resets. So about halfway through the game, I was like, I'm just not going to pick up anything anymore because every time I go to the, the guy and I want to sell something, it's like a 45 minute long loading just to load his inventory because he just had so much <laughs> stuff. And I was like, just erase oh, yeah. the stuff that I gave you, right? Like, this is just but, junk. But no, it's just this guy's got, you know, a hundred or, you know, like 500 swords. And it's just like, we need to load every single one. And it's like, no. Just Are you playing on uh, PC or PlayStation? I was playing on PS4. On PC, I guess it's a lot oh. easier because you can reset but the cache and stuff. Oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure there must be a mod for this. I think there is a mod for that. But yeah, there was... Yeah, it was just really annoying that it was just, oh my God, like this is such an oversight. Why would anybody think this? You know, and I get it for some things. There were definitely some things where I was like, okay, if you accidentally sold something and you're like, oh no, I needed that, fine. But you, you feel, I feel like you could be able to put tags on things where like, this is a legendary sword. It will never leave his inventory. This is just some generic axe you picked off of some random dude, you know, disappear, you know? So I, I, I feel like it should do that where it's like, if this is kind of like a legendary piece of weapon, we'll hold on to it but there's only one of them in the game. You can't acquire another one. So that's why, but that's not how they did it. So, but yeah, so yeah. Yep, no, go ahead. 
No, no, I was just noticing. I was very worried since Phil is not here. I was thinking we're never going to talk about an hour and it's already 55. So I know, hey, and we could go a lot longer if we wanted to, but we're going to have to end it relatively <laughs> soon. But yeah, so overall, what do you think? Reboots, are they a good thing or do you think it's kind of lazy on the part of uh, developers and they should be more focused on original ideas rather than let's just retell the same story I... in a different way? No, I am far much fonder, if you can say that, mm -hmm. of reboots than remake. For me, a remake could be lazy. You're just releasing something, you already have all the codes, and you're just releasing exactly the same with maybe a slight graphic update or something. This is just to make money out of something. So that's lazy. A reboot is really here to revitalize a franchise. Tomb Raider is fantastic, the new, the new series. It really needed this, and many other games really need this to reinvent themselves. We talked about Resident Evil. They were getting at the end of what they could do, so they needed to do something else, and so you need to reboot. And, um, and that's where the, the creativity of the developers shine, because you already have a massive universe with a lore, with stuff which are already set so you can't retouch them what can we do with this and make it slightly different but much more better for your community it just uh, i'm sure the community man managers must have a lot of fun to listen to the fans idea well, i'm sure fun is the word they would use <laughs> uh, fun yeah <laughs> but no it's definitely needed and not every two games, of course, but uh, if the developers or the publishers can sm smell, you know, when your series is at an end, you had a great run, Uncharted, you had a great run, Far Cry, you had a great run, Far Cry 6, I'm worried about this one. Uh, maybe that will be the one too much. But again, you pulled the rope as much as you could. Now your fan base is tired and that's just not going to work for the next one. So if you want to continue this series, find something else. And for me, no, that's great. What what do you think? Um, I'm actually kind of in the opposite. Where for me, now I I have kind of a personal rule that I think would should be applied to remakes, and that I don't think a remake should be made one generation later. Definitely two or three. If I was going to remake a game, I'd say do it with like a ten year old game. Final Fantasy VII remake makes sense to me. I mean, the original one is is really old at this point. If yeah. you were going to remake Secret of Mana makes sense to me. You know, you're taking an old game that was great that a previous or that the current generation of younger gamers missed out on, but you're presenting it in a way that appeals to them with updates that, you know, it, it's it's accessible in a way. It's not it doesn't you don't necessarily have some of the hangups that the original had. That's fine for me as far as a remake goes. You know, releasing The Last of Us on PS3 and then releasing The Last of Us HD oh. on PS4, no. No, that 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 to me is no. no. I if yeah, That's just money grabbing. Exactly, exactly, and and especially now, I kind of could get it on the PS3, PS4, but now with PS5 being able to play PS4 games, you know, like they say, there's rumors that Blue Point's going to be doing a, a remake of Bloodborne. I don't think there's a reason to do it. Just make a patch that adds 60 frames per second. You know, you, you just patch out the original game. You don't have to create an entirely new game. So for me. For a remake, I think you need to have that time gap where the current generation 
missed out on it. You know, nobody in the current generation was missing out on Bloodborne if they want. It's still there. Um, I, I absolutely agree with you on this. Yeah. And that's why I was saying don't reboot every two or three games. There's no point. Uh, yeah, exactly. Wait. Um, but as far as reboots, I'm kind of on the fence. Something like Tomb Raider, I think, makes a lot of sense because Tomb Raider is a big franchise and it would have been a shame to let it die, but it couldn't have continued the way it was. So it did kind of have to reinvent itself. Resident Evil 7 is another good example of where I think, you know, this franchise, you know, it, it, it's it's got potential, you know, but you have to you have to kind of a modernize, not not necessarily modernize, but you have to, you know, consider evolving a bit, you know, not just staying the same thing. But sometimes I feel like rebooting, particularly when the original game, people felt like, oh, the original game was problematic. Maybe I need to. Re- reboot the game start over but then you know change some of it to make it more modern uh you know or, or appeal to modern sensibilities in those cases i'm kind of like no nah, maybe you should just let the game die you know because <laughs> because that was part of what made the game popular back then was were these aspects so if you change it you're you're taking what made it interesting or what made it fun and yeah maybe it's more socially acceptable now but why did it, why did you need to make it socially acceptable? Just just let it die and make something new. So in those cases where they're fundamentally trying to like change the message of the game or change the the change the 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 appeal of the game or change the 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 audience, the core audience, you know, certain game. I'm trying to think of a good example, but you know, a game where you have a, a certain niche audience. I think uh, Shadowrun, I think, did that, where they had the original Shadowruns and then they tried to reboot it, but they tried to do it in kind of that third-person action-adventure to kind of, like, appeal to the the new, younger crowd. So in that case, I, I actually did really enjoy Fallout 3, but I actually, if I was, if it was me and they were like, hey, let's make, you know, if, if I was at that table and somebody was like, hey, let's make Fallout, but let's make it, like, a first-person shooter type thing, so it's going to be, like, first-person, like Elder Scrolls, I would have been like, nah, let's not do that. Let's not do that. I would I would have said no to that. <laughs> I enjoyed it, but I would have said no. <laughs> yeah, I would have been like, nah. Let's just make a new game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's just make something completely different because, again, especially I feel like especially now, nostalgia is both gaming's greatest asset and most poisonous asset, where. Nostalgia can entirely sell a game and it can make a game like Final Fantasy VII Remake without nostalgia. You know, people being like, oh, that's a weird game. Okay, maybe we'll see. Mm -hmm. Um, It would have, you know, if it wasn't Square Enix and it didn't have Final Fantasy slapped on it and you just made a game like that, people would be like, oh, this is another one of those linear corridor, you know, chapter based, Mm -hmm. just kind of a generic RPG, JRPG. But because it's Final Fantasy VII and it has that nostalgia for somebody that has played the original, it's like, wow, you know, these are the same characters. We're getting these new spins on it. You know, as a fan of the original, you get a lot more out of it than somebody who's new coming to the table because you can understand things in reference and you can see things from a new perspective as opposed to only having the perspective of the, of the new one. So mm-hmm. that's kind of my take on it. I don't know. But it's about time to go. So how about you guys? Let us know in the comments. What do you think? What is your definition of a reboot? Uh, what, and what is the difference between a reboot, a soft reboot, hard boot, reboot, remake, sequel, and uh, spinoff? So how would you differentiate them? Do you differentiate them? 
Is there some overlap? Go ahead, discuss that in the comments. Also, feel free to click that subscribe button because we greatly appreciate it. We've been having an influx of subscribers lately. We would like to keep that trend going. So please, please, please click that button and click the bell so you can come and join us when either we are live streaming or you can always get some of these new videos because we're trying to branch out now. We're doing a lot more. Uh, Antoine's been focusing on lore videos. Phil's been doing his kind of uh, tips and tricks game. On, the on the mobile game, right? Exactly. So if you guys click the bell, you can get all those updates. And whenever we're doing live streaming, you can just pop on in and, and you can join the chat. We are on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. So whichever one you prefer, log in. And yeah, all of them will have, we, are, we have access to all the chat. So that's right. That's right. <laughs> all right. And with that, I think that's a good place to end for today. What do you think? Uh, absolutely. All right. So, then. I guess we'll see you next week and maybe with Phil. Hopefully, Phil. Hope, hope, hopefully, hopefully. Korean. But eventually we'll have everybody back on the show. So we'll see when that happens. All right. Well, thanks everybody right. for coming and see you again soon. Bye-bye.